We are dads. Wouldn't it be awesome to build a wildly profitable online business so we can all enjoy more dad time? We're about to learn how. This is Dadpreneur Freedom. Learn about online marketing without all the bullcrap. Eliminate the excuses and learn from someone who's already made all the mistakes, who's done it successfully for the last decade. It's time to build a business and a life you can truly be proud of. Welcome to Dadpreneur Freedom. Here's your host, Adam Dukes. We are dads. Wouldn't it be awesome to build a wildly profitable online business so we can all enjoy more dad time? We're about to learn how. This is Dadpreneur Freedom. Learn about online marketing without all the bullcrap. Eliminate the excuses and learn from someone who's already made all the mistakes, who's done it successfully for the last decade. It's time to build a business and a life you can truly be proud of. Welcome to Dadpreneur Freedom. Here's your host, Adam Dukes. All right, welcome back to Dadpreneur Freedom. This is episode number two, and it appears we're still online. Uh, the networks have not canceled us quite yet. Wait, what was that? Oh, the networks don't pay us any money? Oh, we oh we pay to publish this podcast. Well, that's news to me. Anywho, in the first episode, we smashed the very common excuse that I hear all too often, I don't have money to start a business. In episode number one, I revealed how you can start an online business for a dollar and ten cents per day. If you missed that episode or any past episodes, you can check them out at my website, www.adamdukes.com for all past podcast episodes, YouTube videos, and blog posts. Today, I want to smash another very common excuse I hear in and it is, I don't have time to start an online business and or a side hustle. This is a big misconception. If, you, if you're smart, you work hard, efficient, and with focus, you can get all your work done in 50 minutes. I know it seems hard to believe, but it's absolutely possible. And in order to build a 50-minute workday, we need to build on a solid foundation. So I'm going to kind of walk you through my what I refer to as my M5 framework. It's something I developed several years ago. And it takes on Dan Kennedy's popular magnetic marketing that he published back in the late 90s where he talked about market, message, and media. It was kind of a triangle, and he said those are the three pillars of marketing. Well, in 2021, things have obviously changed a bit, so I came up with my M5 framework, which is uh, in order of importance, mindset, market, message, machine, media. So these are the five things when building an online business. These are the five things you need to have in place. So I'm going to go over each of those five and then we'll get into the 50 minute workday. First up is mindset. And this is a kind of a quote or a stat that I came up with a couple of years ago. And it's business is 90% mindset and 10% strategy, tactic, or luck. Just a warning. I will probably share that many, many times throughout this podcast. But so many of, so many people are searching for that one tactic or trick or tip that they think they're missing. They're consuming blog posts, podcasts, YouTube channels, buying eBooks, courses, trainings, and looking for that one trick. They think they're missing just that one thing. And I know because I did it for years. I was buying, I was constantly consuming 
whether it was free content or constantly investing money into paid content, paid trainings. And I was always looking for that one secret. And it wasn't until about 2015 or 16 that I really realized that one thing that I was looking for was the mindset of it all. And what most people I find struggle with, I find this, especially over on TikTok, a lot of people leave comments and so many, there's just so much, I, I get that there's um, skepticism and so many people just have a negative mindset. And the uh, the big one that sticks out to me is what holds the far majority of people back, and that's the fear of judgment. I actually just made a post on Facebook yesterday about this and got some good response, and it just proves that this is what holds so many people back from sharing their beliefs, their ideas, their thoughts, their actions, whatever it is. They're so worried about the fear of judgment, that judgment coming from their parents, their spouse, their partner, their kids, their neighbor, their boss, their mailman. Someone they went to high school with 15, 20 years ago, or maybe even some stranger on the internet. I'm, I'm blown away with that last one, with how many people hold themselves back because of what some stranger that they will never, ever meet on the internet might say about them, might leave them some rude comment. Go check out my TikToks. You'll see comments. Uh, I get don't get a ton of them, but I do get the negative comments, do get the trolls, do get the haters. That's part of it. That's part of the risk you take when you start publishing content online. People are going to uh, have rude things to say, say dumb things. You have to not let it bother you or try to kill them with kindness. I typically just ignore them, but you're going to have the trolls. Uh, another thing people struggle with is imposter syndrome. Uh, and this is a big one. This is, this holds back. They say 70% of people on the planet struggle with imposter syndrome. Tom Hanks, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Serena Williams, Charles Schultz of Starbucks, Meryl Streep, they all have been very open about their struggles with imposter syndrome. And what imposter syndrome is, is your fear of not being good enough. Why would anyone listen to me? Why would anyone pay me any money? There's people that are bigger, better, faster, stronger than me. And the thing is, I heard a quote from a guy by the name of Sean D'Souza last summer, and it's a perfect quote. I've shared it hundreds of times since I've heard it. And it's, you just have to be a third grader teaching a second grader, meaning you just have to be one step ahead of the person that you're teaching. You don't have to be the best of the best at whatever you're doing. You just have to be one step ahead of whatever, uh, of whoever you're teaching. So remember that when it comes to imposter syndrome, that's a big one. Actually, next episode, I'm going to be revealing three ways that I battle or I overcome imposter syndrome. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast when I release that one next week. Fear of failure. This is another big one. Last summer, I interviewed 50 dads about starting an online business and or a side hustle. And one of the most common things holding them back, one of their biggest fears was the fear of failure. I would say probably 80, 85% of the dads all voiced their concern or their fear of failure, worried that they were going to lose money, worried that they were going to lose time. And what I told them was, you're going to fail. You just have to you have to be okay with that. And that's a really hard thing to get over. And I didn't, it was probably 2015, 2016. Again, once I started working on my mindset that I started realizing that failure is part of the process. I know it's cliche. You've heard it a hundred times, but it's true. And I don't necessarily look at it as failing anymore. I look at it as a lesson learned. What can I learn from this? What can I take away from this? It may appear like a failure and it's really only a failure if you give up on whatever it is you do. So I always try to look at it as a lesson, uh, a lesson learned. And then what I do is I'm very, open about my so-called failures or lessons learned, because if I screwed up or failed, 
I can share with other people and maybe they can avoid that failure, avoid the mistake that I made, or maybe not as big of a mistake as I made. So I welcome the failures and I share them very, very openly with people. Another thing that holds people back is self-doubt, just doubting themselves. They lack confidence. I find that uh, to be a big problem with men and women, both just a lack of confidence, lack of belief in themselves. Uh, I got the word tattoo. I got the word believe tattooed on my left wrist. And I did that probably about 10 years ago in it to serve as a constant reminder to myself to believe in myself. Now, I'm not saying go out and get your, get a tattoo on your wrist or anything like that, but that's a big thing. The self doubt, uh, there's a lot of people that have crippling self-doubt that hold themselves back. So here's a couple of things that I do each and every day to improve my mindset. So I practice gratitude every day. I write three to five things that I'm grateful for every single day. I try not to repeat anything. And this is a really, really powerful exercise because when I try not to repeat anything, it forces me throughout my day to start thinking of things that I'm grateful for, things that I'd never, ever consider. I've written down Facebook, YouTube, my microwave, the birds chirping, the sun, no clouds in the sky living in uh, Las Vegas where I'm at. Uh, it's sunny 330 days a year. I'm from Michigan where they used to average about 100 sunny days a year. That's a big change. So I've written down a lot of things that I've taken for granted over the years, and it's a really powerful exercise. So I definitely recommend you practicing gratitude on a daily basis. Our next one is surround yourself with positive people. If you got negative Nancy's, negative Ned's in your uh, circle, whether that's family members or friends or in life, uh, in real life people or online people, get rid of those negative people. If it's close family members, distance yourself. You know, you don't have to be around them as much as possible, but a, a positive environment, your environment is such a life hack, such a success hack. So surround yourself with positive people. Next one is limit social media. This is another big one, a, a big problem that a lot of people have, but social media can really suck you in and really drain the energy out of you. And what's cool about social media is you can somewhat, not completely control it by following, like I said, positive, uplifting people. Like I'm on Twitter and I follow a lot of young entrepreneurs, or a lot of entrepreneurs, I should say, but a, a number of them are younger in their teens, early twenties. And they, these guys and gals inspire me seeing their tweets about them going out doing it. They're 15, 16 years old. They're out making a thousand bucks a month, 500 bucks a month, 1200 bucks a month, whether they're flipping something on eBay or Amazon, whether they're selling some type of a service to a local business. I love seeing 16, 17, 18 year olds get after that. That inspires me even at 39 years old. So your social media following or your feed, whatever social media platform you use, you can control who you follow. You know, obviously there's going to be some things that might pop up in your feed, like on Twitter, people can retweet things that might be negative or something along those lines. However, for the most part, you can control your social media feed. But again, limit the social media because it can suck you down that vortex that we've all been sucked down before. Uh, next one is turn off the TV and news, not eliminate it. I'm saying, turn, I'm not saying reduce it. I'm saying eliminate it. Turn. I haven't watched the news in a number of years unless I go over to my parents' house. I don't watch TV. I don't have cable. Uh, we have YouTube and a couple of the streaming channels. Uh, and I very rarely sit on the couch and do that. Next one I do, this is a non-negotiable, I've been doing this one for years, is reading 20 minutes a day. This is such a powerful exercise. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I wake up, I get a tall glass of ice water. I don't drink coffee anymore. That'll be on a, another episode. I'll talk about that. But I read for 20 minutes every single day. And a lot of times, it'll go into 30, 40, 45 minutes. That's the first thing I do. And then the next thing I do, which is the next thing on my list, right after I read, I go to the kitchen table and I journal. Usually about 20 to 30 minutes, anywhere 
anywhere from two to about four pages of just journaling. I have different journaling prompts that I use, or I'll just kind of do a brain dump where I write whatever's on my mind, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I just write it out. There's something very therapeutic of sitting there with an ink pen and pen and just writing out my thoughts. Uh, next one is visualize and or daydream. So what I like to do is I have, um, I call it a virtual vision board, and I put my vision board on my desktop computer. It's it's my screensaver. It's my background. And every cup throughout the day, I will minimize all my windows and I will just stare at my computer screen and I'll just look at it and it'll be my virtual vision board. And I'll just look at it. I'll just sit in this chair that I'm sitting in right now. And I'll just stare at the screen for a couple of minutes. And I'll do that a couple of times throughout the day. And just really looking at the things on my virtual vision board. This is a powerful, powerful exercise. Uh, next one is take a daily walk. This is something big. I try to take at least, uh, actually for last several months, I've been doing 30 minute walks and about two weeks ago, I just upped it to 45 minutes. It's July, it's Vegas, it's hot. I still make time for it. I do it either early in the morning or I'll do it in the evening when it's not as bad, but taking a daily walk, I don't do it for the physical benefits. I do it purely for the mental benefits. Uh, and then the last one on my list is celebrate every win. This is a big one that a lot of people forget, especially the entrepreneurs. And I, I've always said that there's no such thing as a small win. A win is a win, so it should be celebrated. Now, don't celebrate too long. Don't spend three weeks uh, gloating and patting yourself on the back. Give yourself a little pat on the back. Get back to work the next morning or the next day when you're going to be doing work. But celebrate each and every win. Like I said, there's no such thing as a small win. So those are about eight or nine different things that I try to practice consistently, most of them daily, that will help improve my mindset. The next M in my M5 framework is your market. So who is your market? People refer to this as your niche, your target market, your pocket of people. And this is one of the most important aspects in any business, whether it's online or offline, a brick and mortar business. And I find a lot of online entrepreneurs skip this step or they skimp out on this step and they think their product, their service, their software is for everyone or a huge, huge group of people. And it's really, really important to get really dialed in. So some of the popular niche categories, the three most popular ones are health, wealth, relationships. That's obviously very, very broad. So you got to go a little bit deeper. So there's sections in health would be an example would be how to lose weight. Another sub niche in wealth would be how to make money online and a sub niche in relationships would be how to find your soulmate. But those, that's not, that's not enough. That's, that's still too vague. You need to go deeper. So you want to focus on a specific group of people within one of those sub niches. So some examples, number one would be divorced dads looking to lose weight so that they feel confident to get more dates. Another example would be new moms looking to lose weight to get back to their pre-pregnancy weight. Uh, the third example would be newly engaged women looking to lose weight so that they look wonderful on their wedding day. Now, all three of these people want to lose weight, but they want to do it for drastically different reasons. All three of these people have different struggles, different pain points, different dreams, and different desires. And your marketing message needs to speak to that specific type of person. So your secret weapon, I say it all the time in marketing, is empathy. If you can relate to your target market and prove that you know more about the problem than they do, that is when their wallet comes out. So Empathy is your secret weapon when it comes to marketing. Here's a couple of uh, questions to help you determine the market that you want to serve. Uh, number one is what is a problem that you've solved? 
for yourself. It could be a big problem. It could be a large problem. Maybe you help someone with Microsoft Excel. I know a couple of guys that are in a full-time living teaching people on Microsoft Excel. It's truly mind-blowing to think about. One guy's earning $10,000 a month. Another a couple of guys, I'm going to do a podcast episode on this. They're earning $35,000 a month. Their website is spreadsheeto.com. They're earning $35,000 a month and they sell training and tutorials on Microsoft Excel. Uh, or it could be a big problem. Maybe you repaired your marriage. Maybe you got through a divorce, you know? So what problem have you solved for yourself? Another question is what is an obstacle you've overcome? Uh, what is a challenge that you've conquered? Have you mastered a skill? What do family and friends ask you for help with? And what do you enjoy talking about? That's another big one is what do you enjoy talking about? What do you talk about when you come home from work? Or what do you talk about on the weekends? Or what do you think about? What websites do you visit? What do you post on social media? That could give you a good idea on what market to serve. Another exercise I like doing with people when it comes to finding a market is if I were to give you a microphone and tell you you're going out on stage for 60 minutes and there's 37 people in the audience and you have 60 seconds from the time I hand you the microphone to the time you get on stage and you have no preparation, no slides, no notes, no nothing. All you have is that microphone and the 60 seconds to prep for it as you're walking out on the stage. What would you talk about on the stage? What message would you want to deliver to these 37 people in the audience? What would you feel confident in talking about? What would you feel competent in talking about? What would you enjoy talking about? This is a really, really powerful exercise. And it's something that maybe you can journal on maybe later today, maybe tomorrow morning. Sit at the kitchen table, pull out a notepad, get an ink pen, and write out what would you talk about? 60 minutes is a long time. So what would you talk about? So that's a really, really powerful exercise that should give you some clarity and maybe some direction on the market that you want to lead, the market that you want to serve, help, guide, inspire, or motivate. The third M in my M5 framework is your message, your marketing message. So your mission statement, vision, core values, this is all going to fall under your marketing message and crafting those should give you some direction on the marketing message. Uh, you should be clear and concise is very, very important. Avoid any type of jargon. Uh, Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels calls it techno babble. You know, we get, especially us marketers, entrepreneurs, we get caught up in what we do and we kind of share the techno babble, the technical stuff uh, with people outside the industry. They're not going to understand what it is. And, and the same goes with you. Within your industry, you have certain terminology, certain verbiage that the outside person might not or probably will not understand. So avoid any type of jargon. Be original with the marketing message. Be different. That's how you stand out amongst this. You don't want to fall into the sea of sameness. And this is where knowing your market, uh, your, your target market very, very well comes into play. Knowing your market, the specific person, the specific group of people that you're serving, this is going to make your message much, much easier. If you don't know your market that well, if you don't have a specific group of people, your message is going to fall on deaf ears. So that's why it's so important to develop a target market, a specific target market, and then it's going to make your marketing message much easier to craft. So you're going to want to identify your market's pain points and how you can solve them, whether that's with a product or a service or a piece of software. You're going to want to answer the question, what's in it for them? What's in it for the target market? What do they get from it? The benefit and or outcome that your product, service, or software provides, it should be very specific. Uh, specific over general and vague wins every single time. And then the last one is, why should they buy from you? What is your unique selling proposition? Why should they shop with you? 
invest with you, do business with you over the 10, 20, 100,000 other competitors out there. So coming up with a crystal clear, unique selling proposition is a great way to do this. USP has been around for, I think it was invented in the 30s or 40s. It's a really powerful marketing tactic. So getting a crystal clear, unique selling proposition so they know why they should do business. This should be plastered on your website, all social media, so they know right away, this is who I want to do business with. They stand out amongst the crowd. So don't forget the unique selling proposition. It's I call it one of the best marketing hacks is to establish a unique selling proposition to, again, to stand out from that sea of sameness. The fourth M in my M5 framework is machine. And this is your sales funnel. This is software that you leverage online that's available to all of us to make your life easier, to be working 24-7, 365. I'm a big fan of alliteration, as you'll see in this podcast, and automation and or sales funnel just didn't fit in with the five, with the other four Ms. That's why I call this one a machine. So basically, setting up a sales funnel. So I came up with this little analogy a couple of years ago. So imagine having your own guaranteed sales force working for you around the clock, 24 seven, 365. Here's the kicker. Your guaranteed sales force will never call in sick, won't ask for vacation time, will never show up late, can't go work for the competition, doesn't want a benefits plan, will always present the perfect pitch without fail, and your guaranteed sales force will never flirt with Debbie and accounting. So that's kind of my description of what a sales funnel is. Uh, if people aren't familiar with the terminology of a sales funnel, again, kind of that techno babble that I was just talking about, when I lay it out like that, most people understand it. And who wouldn't want something that's working for them 24-7, 365? So I'm a big believer in keeping things brain-dead simple, especially when it comes to funnels. So many people get overwhelmed. I know people that spend three months, six months, even more than a year setting up their sales funnel, way overcomplicating the process, getting frustrated, causing them stress and anxiety. So I'm a big fan of just setting up a very, very basic, simple sales funnel. I actually got a couple of training videos. If you want to check out uh, training on my website, it's free. There's no email opt-in or anything like that. Uh, Go to www.adamdukes.com forward slash simple. It's just two videos. Video number one is how to set up a landing page in 15 minutes. Video number two is how to set up an automated email sequence. That's all you need to get started. Start collecting leads. Again, a sales funnel is working for you 24-7, 365. So set up that two-page website, uh, your sales funnel. If you don't have that set up, again, go to adamdukes.com forward slash simple. You should be able to have it up by the time your head hits the pillow tonight. I promise you that, unless it's really, really late where you're at. But it shouldn't take more than an hour, even if you've never done this stuff. And what's cool is I reveal a tool that has a 100 percent free account uh, that you can get started with. So there's really no excuses. So what other components of your sales funnel? You want to have a landing page. That is a page to collect name and email. Now in 2021, you can't just say, give us your name and email, sign up for our newsletter. It doesn't work like that. So you have to offer them something. And what we call it in the marketing world is a lead magnet or some type of an ethical bribe. We're going to give them something, a digital file of some sort in exchange for their name and email. So one's uh, lead magnets that work really well are checklists, cheat sheets, uh, guide, or a short ebook. Uh, now I recommend something easily digestible, something in the one to five minute range. I wouldn't go too much more than five minutes. You want these people to get to consume it, especially if they're people that have never heard of you. There's very, very little chance they're going to read a 78 page ebook from you if they've never heard of you. So again, you want to provide them a quick win. Checklist and cheat sheets are great for this. You can do a page or two, a PDF document of a checklist of your seven steps on how to do XYZ, whatever that XYZ is. You could just give 
them kind of the seven steps and you're not going into too much detail about it. You just give them the seven steps or five steps or nine or 10 steps, what, how many ever steps it is, but it's just a quick, quick download that they can get. And it's a way to build trust with them. And then once you have their name and email, obviously you can follow up with them with automated email sequences. You can also send out broadcast emails and your email database is something you own. It's something you control and it's going to be your greatest asset as an online business owner. And the fifth and final M for my M5 framework is the media. So where are you going to share your marketing message? So I break this up into two channels is what I call it. So channel number one is your content channel. So this is going, there's three ways to produce content on the internet, written, audio, or video. Each piece of content is working for you 24-7, 365. Here's a great example. This podcast that I'm recording right now in early July of 2021, this podcast will be working for me next month. This podcast will work for me next year. And this podcast will work for me for years and years. The same with a blog, the same with YouTube videos, and the same with any type of podcast. So that's the power of putting out content. It's like little minions out there. Each piece of content you put out there, it's working for you 24-7, 365, and it has the potential to work for you for years and years and years to come. So each piece of content is like a little digital asset, a little digital soldier that's working for you over and over and over. So each piece of content is to build awareness and trust. It can be to generate leads and also generate sales and also build your email list. Again, building your email list, it's the number one asset that you're going to own as an online business owner. So again, written is going to be a blog. The written form of content is going to be a blog. I recommend WordPress. That's what I've used for the last decade. It powers, I just saw a stat the other day, it powers 39% of the World Wide Web is built on WordPress. So it's safe to say that that is a pretty good platform to leverage. It's free. You do need to invest in hosting, which you can get for about $4 to $5 a month. Typically, you have to pay a year in full. So it's going to be maybe $50 to $60 for a year to set up a blog. Be consistent. That's my message if you're going to go with a blog. Audio is a podcast. You can use an app called Anchor.fm. I used Anchor.fm a couple of years ago. It's completely free. You can report record podcast right from your phone makes it very, very convenient. Uh, this specific podcast, I'm using a service called Buzzsprout. I think I pay about 12 bucks a month and I have access to the content or I own the content with Anchor. You don't necessarily own the content, but it's a great way to get started. Uh, next message for a podcast, be consistent. And then if you wanted to do video, you could start a YouTube channel. Very easy to do. I use a $60 camera and a $50 microphone for my YouTube channel. Nothing fancy. I have 483 videos on my YouTube channel. If you're interested and you want to check it out, go to www.adamteaches.com. That will redirect you to my YouTube channel and check out any step-by-step tutorials on how to start a business online, how to market online. But I recommend picking one of these, whether it's a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel. And play to your strengths. If you're a good writer, a blog would probably be good. If you really like doing videos or enjoy doing videos, maybe set up a YouTube channel. If you want, uh, if you've got a face for radio like myself, maybe set up a podcast. This podcast was very simple to do. Like I said, this is episode number two. I had the idea about a week and a half ago and I got it set up in very, very minimal cost. So pick one of them, play to your strengths. However, I say play to your strengths. When I started my YouTube channel, video was not a strength of mine. However, I was committed to getting better at video. So I still wanted to do video. 
So I picked YouTube and I did YouTube for years and years. I, like I said, I just started doing a podcast, but play to your strengths and pick one of these, not all three of them, not two of them, because you're going to overwhelm yourself. You're going to burn yourself out, especially when you're getting started. And then the next channel I refer to is called a communication channel. And this is a place where you're going to interact. This is a place where to network. This is a place to promote your content, whether it's your blog, your podcast, or your YouTube channel. This is a place to do market research. This is also a place to build your email list. So basically, this is going to be any social media channel. I recommend getting started with one, not all of them, not three of them, not five of them. Get started with one. Focus the majority of your time on the one. Currently, I've been using TikTok. I've been using TikTok for like the last 15 months. That's the social media channel that I've been focusing on for the last 15 months or so. So my advice is to pick one channel, not all of them. Like I said, I can't stress this enough. If video's not your thing, don't do TikTok. If you don't like writing, Twitter's probably not for you. But find one social media channel. They all work. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram obviously have been around for about a decade plus. They're very, very crowded. There's a lot of users. There's probably billions of pieces of content on all three of those platforms. However, with TikTok, it's relatively new. There's not nearly as many users as those other three, not yet at least. And then also there's not nearly as much content over on TikTok. So that's why I'm a big fan of TikTok. It's a great opportunity for just about anyone to get a ton of exposure rather quickly. When I jumped on April of 2020, I went from zero to 10,000 followers in 19 days. I had no idea what the hell I'm doing. I was doing, I should say. And about 15 months later, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, but TikTok is a really, really powerful platform. And it's not just for teens to twerk to the latest Drake song, which I thought. Uh, there's a lot of people. I've connected with a ton of people, 30s, 40s, 50s, and older. So it's not just for kids. And what's really cool about TikTok is at 39 years old, I very rarely see any, I don't see kids' videos. They just don't show up in my feed. So they do something with the algorithm where I don't see kids. I see people around my age in uh, with my interest, you know. Now, sometimes I'll get occasional videos that I don't agree with or I don't enjoy. But for the most part, they do a really good job of showing you videos of people in your age range and also people who like what you like, you know? So they do something with it. Like I said, very rarely am I going to see a little kid unless someone reposts it, it might pop up or if they have kids, but you're not going to see these teens twerk into the latest Drake song. So that was a big concern of mine when I jumped on. I thought, I don't want to look at, be looked at as some pedophile being on TikTok and seeing these 12 year olds dance. I don't, you don't see 12 year olds dance. So if that's a concern of yours, don't let that be a concern. But TikTok is a powerful, powerful platform. And I just saw the other day that it was the number one downloaded app on Apple. Apple, number one downloaded app downloaded on Google in May of 2021. I don't see that changing anytime soon, like in the next 12 or 18 months, unless it got shut down for whatever reason and or if some unicorn app came out of nowhere to overtake it. But I just don't see the unicorn app coming. So I don't see it changing. So now would be the time to jump on TikTok, get over your fears. A lot of people have fear with getting on video, but get on TikTok and start publishing content. Like I said, it's a great place to build up a community. It's a great place to build an audience rather quickly. And it's a fantastic place to send traffic to wherever you want to send, whether that's a website, an Amazon listing, a Shopify store, a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel, a sales page, a landing page. It's great to send free organic traffic. All right, with all that out of the way, my M5 framework, I'll be referencing that M5 framework throughout the podcast. I wanted to really uh, lay out my framework in the very beginning stages of this podcast to give you a good base, to give you a good foundation to work from. Now let's get to the 50-minute workday uh, because now we have the foundation in place. So there are two activities that you're going to need to do. 
each and every day. Number one is create content, whether that's your blog, your podcast, or your YouTube channel. And this is going to help you build your email list. Activity number two is you email your email list. And you're going to email your email list with with offers, whether it's to work with you, if you're selling a product, if you're recommending a product like affiliate marketing, or you're going to share your content with them, whether you published a new YouTube video, a new blog post, a new podcast, whatever it is. So those are the two activities that you need to do. Create content, email your list. So the secret weapon that I love to use is called tomatotimer.com. It's tomato-timer.com. It's called a pomato timer. I always mispronounce that. So I just call it a tomato timer. But what it is, is just a plain old website. It looks like it was built in 1983 and it's just a clock on it or it's a timer on it. And it has start and stop and one other reset, I think it is. And you click start and it's a 25 minute timer that counts down. You have 25 minutes to get to work. Something happens in my brain. Anytime I click that button, I get laser focused on whatever I'm doing. I put my phone in the other room or I put it downstairs. I close out of all social media and I click that timer and it starts counting down and I get to work. I get focused work. I promise you, if you do a couple of these little blocks of time, these 25 minutes of time, you can get an insane amount of work done with two 25 blocks of time. It might sound unbelievable, but give it a try. So your first 25 minute block is going to be a Uh, You're going to want to spend it either creating, editing, planning, researching, and or promoting a piece of your content. Your second 25-minute block is going to be to email your database, an offer, or a piece of your content. Now, you might be thinking, Adam, I don't want to email my database every day, which is fine. A lot of people don't want to do that. I email five to six times a week. If you don't want to email that second 25-minute block of time, just double it up. So you have two 25-minute blocks of time where you're either creating, editing, planning, researching, and or promoting a piece of content. This truly is all you need to do to work a 50-minute workday. So let's do a quick recap. So number one is choose your market. Number two is build your simple sales funnel. Again, I can't emphasize simple sales funnel. Create a lead magnet, a landing page, and an email sequence. You'll want to purchase a domain. Uh, Step number three is create a solution, a product or service on what you're going to offer them. If you're going to do the affiliate marketing route, you can recommend products or services or pieces of software to people in your email follow-up. Uh, Next up is choose a content channel, whether that's a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel. Again, pick one. The secret there is be consistent. Whichever one you pick, be consistent. If you can publish one blog post a week, that's great. Publish one a week. If you can post one blog post a day, do one a day. Whatever works for you. There's no such thing as a best schedule. There's some people out there that say, oh, you got to blog three times a week or once a week or every day or podcast twice a week. That's inaccurate. You know, that's bad information. You want to focus on what you can pr- provide, what you can produce, what fits with your schedule. Like I said, if it's one blog post a month, it's one blog post a month. It's going to take time to build, obviously, but whatever you can sustain, a sustainable schedule for you, and only you're going to know that. So the, the important part with any content producing on the internet is consistency. And then the last one is choose your communication channel, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Instagram. TikTok, whatever social media channel is, put, I'd say, 80 to 90% of your efforts on one channel. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on a couple of the other ones. I don't spend much time on them. You know, Twitter, I occasionally check in. Instagram, I log in 
maybe once a week. You know, I post an update once every six months, once every three months, and it's usually a picture of the kids. I don't really use it for business, but pick one communication channel where you're going to put 80 to 90% of your focus with the business stuff. That's all for episode number two on how to build a wildly profitable business working 50 minutes per day. It's absolutely possible. Hopefully I smash that excuse of, I don't have time to build an online business, Adam. I don't have time to build a side hustle. This episode, hopefully smash that excuse for you. You've been listening to Dadpreneur Freedom, empowering us dads to build a wildly profitable online business and a life we can be proud of. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to give us a positive rating and review and share it with a fellow dad. For more step-by-step tutorials, check out the YouTube channel at adamdukes.com slash YT. And be sure to check out www.adamdukes.com for past podcast episodes, videos, and blog posts to help you build your online business. Till next time, this is Dadpreneur Freedom signing off. You've been listening to Dadpreneur Freedom, empowering us dads to build a wildly profitable online business and a life we can be proud of. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to give us a positive rating and review and share it with a fellow dad. For more step-by-step tutorials, check out the YouTube channel at adamdukes.com slash YT. And be sure to check out www.adamdukes.com for past podcast episodes, videos, and blog posts to help you build your online business. Till next time, this is Dadpreneur Freedom, signing off.